Welcome back everybody to 3 per Fighter Radio. Today I'm going to talk about a topic that is rarely ever talked about in churches. You will rarely ever hear this. And that is on the use of weapons. That is about how it is our job to help those in need. Not just clothe them and and feed them and all. You know, you hear that a lot. Oh, let's you know, feed the homeless. Da, da, da. That's all fine and dandy. But what about the children who have been trafficked? What about the, the orphans and the widows that God specifically tells us to go to who are in slavery? That is very real today as it was 2,000 years ago. And nothing has changed on that. We are to go to the orphans and widows in their affliction. And also about how faith without works is dead. So if we call ourselves Christians, but we don't have the works to show for it, but we 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 have this, we so-called have this faith, but if we don't have works, our faith is dead. If we're not bearing good fruit, if, if people do not see the evidence of good fruit in our lives, well, we might want to ask ourselves, are we really saved? So what I'm going to talk about that the church, uh, I have never been to a church or heard a pastor talk about physical weapons. Yes, we know the sword of the spirit. We already know that the sword of the spirit is God's word. But what about using physical weapons and what is their importance? Does it have an importance? And should we be using physical weapons? And now, I tell you, a lot of scriptures get um, misinterpreted, but a lot of scriptures also get manipulated to keep Christians very docile and weak. But that is not how God created us to be. We are to be courageous and strong, and through Jesus Christ, we can do all things. But time and time again, I, I always hear people say, well, you know, any scripture from the Old Testament, that's that's old. That doesn't count. We, we go off the New Testament. A lot of people, believe it or not, go off the New Testament. They completely forget about the Old Testament, and they think that they don't, that none of it applies, because uh, when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, they think that Everything was was pretty much erased. That's how I've talked to a lot of people, and that's how it seems like they think. And honestly, in the church, when you hear most pastors speaking, a lot of their quotes and scriptures are are coming from the New Testament. You rarely hear anything from the Old Testament. Now, if it is a very good preacher, um, pastor, teacher, whatever, they are going to obviously quote the Old Testament as well, because it is just as important as the New Testament is. They are as of equal importance. The only th- difference that the New Testament did is we now have salvation through Jesus Christ. And we have also when he ascended to heaven, he gave us his Holy Spirit. So now we have an extra power that we didn't have in the Old Testament. And now it is much easier for us to be saved. But again, when it says to believe in Jesus, a lot of people think that, oh, I just have to acknowledge that Jesus was was a real person and he's my Lord and Savior and I'll be saved. That's not true. And in fact, we can, I've said it before, we can lose our salvation, but we have to, when we, when we make a commitment to God, when we say, I, yes, I believe in you, Lord, that means to obey as well. We are to not only acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but we are to as well obey him. And again, if you're a true believer, you are going to want to obey 
God's commands. You are going to want to be the best version you can be for God because we are living for God. Now, what I'm about to talk about is the first subject is using weapons because we have truly lost our way and the, and the scripture has been scriptures have been so manipulated to keep you from rising up to keep believers from rising up and taking back this government so when we think first thing tyranny this is what we see going on in America is tyranny and actually all through history we have seen tyrannical governments and capture the people and, and enslave them and do all this madness, right? Well, we're seeing that here in America. And it's up to the church to stop this tyranny. But a lot of believers, because of what they've been taught, or maybe they're, a lot of believers, believe it or not, don't study the scripture. They're barely in their word. And that is dangerous. You cannot just go off what somebody says. Even right now, don't believe what I'm saying. Go research what I'm saying. Go do your own research. Pray to God. Get the wisdom and discernment you need. We have to question everything. Okay, because the manipulation of these scriptures, the church has become so docile and weak. God does not move without us moving. What I'm saying is, if God said, okay, for instance, traffic children, right? Well, you can say all you want. Oh, God, I pray for the release of these children. I pray that they, they get to safety. I pray that you free these children from their bondage, from these captors. Okay, that's all fine and dandy, but God's sitting there. And as you're praying that, he's saying, well, you have two hands and two feet. I, 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 I can train your hands for war. Why don't you go do it? Why don't you go rescue? It's the only way these kids are going to be rescued. God is not just going to magically send a lightning bolt down, kill all the traffickers, and these kids are going to be free. He expects us as believers to go do something about it. That saying where God helps those who help themselves is so true. He expects us to get out there on the battlefield and to go to the orphans and the widows in their affliction and help them. We cannot just pray for them, these these children that are being trafficked and these women that are being raped and all this this awful things that are going on, we can't just pray for them. That's just like the story of the the man in the road in the Bible where he's sitting there, he was beat up and he was laying on the ground and and you know the people walked past him and they're like, oh, we'll pray for you, brother, and they kept going. Oh, that doesn't do any good. The, the man needed help right then and there. He needed clothes. He needed he needed a place to stay. He needed help. So if we're walking down the street and we see an innocent woman being beat, and we're like, "Oh, I'll pray for you, sister," you know, or you say, "Oh God, uh, 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 please help this lady," and you are an able-bodied man sitting there, you may have a weapon on your side, or you just may have the capabilities to do something about it. Well. God is expecting you to do something. You're praying. Your prayer is going to be unanswered. He's saying, you need to get out there and go do it. You're praying for it. Yes, but now you're here at that moment in time. I am going to use you to set these children free. I'm going to use you to help this woman in her distress. See, that is where Christians have misinterpreted Scripture or knowingly, knowingly ignored it because 
They're too comfortable. They don't want to get their hands dirty. They don't want to uh, risk any bodily harm to themselves. They are cowards. There is so many Christian cowards out there. I don't even know how they can call themselves true believers because God created us to be warriors. That is what we are for the kingdom. And we, we are God's vengeance. He uses us to help people on earth, especially the children and the women. It is our job as men to protect the women and children and to protect a nation against a tyrannical government. This government in the U.S., okay, they sacrifice children every year to Satan. They're, they've created a vaccine that is killing millions of people. They funded Hitler's war in Germany against the Jews. Okay, they allowed genocide like Pearl Harbor to happen. This this is our government. They are involved in some nasty business. And when is it going to be? When are we going to have enough where where the church is going to say, you know what? I can't I can't follow this anymore. Look at during the little pandemic, the churches had to shut down, but not strip clubs and bars. How does that make any sense? We have to stop conforming and stop obeying. We are God's vengeance. And he is waiting for us as believers to take action. Now we can pray, oh God, I pray you raise an army, but are you going to be part of that army? Don't pray for something unless you're willing to do it yourself. We have to be willing to stand in the gap for those who have no voice, for those who are weak. And I'm going to give you some scriptures on that. Okay, in Psalm 82, 4, it says, Rescue weak and needy people. Help them escape the power of wicked people. That is Psalm 82, 4. You see, so God is requires of us to help weak and needy people. It is up to us to help them escape the power of wicked people. So what do we see? Again, going back, my biggest thing is I just, it's such an evil is the trafficking and the sex slavery of these children in America and around the world. But America is a big, the United States government is a big player in this trafficking industry. Okay. So again, God says, rescue weak and needy people, help them escape the power of the wicked. You want to know another one? Proverbs 24, 11 says, rescue captives condemned to death and spare those staggering toward their slaughter. Again, that is us as believers. God is expecting us to go in to the battlefield and do something. We cannot just pray, help these children, help these women, stop this crime. Well, guess what? Who's going to stop the crime? He's not going to magically just come down and, and wipe them out. He expects us to move. God cannot move. He will not move. He can, but he will not move unless we start to move. Just like with our calling. Yes, he has a calling for everybody. But if we just stay stagnant and we be, we're, we're too afraid, we don't want to lose our comforts, well, we're going to miss out on our calling. Just like all, all Jesus' disciples, okay, if they, they, God was able to use them to the fullest because they were willing. They were willing to take up their cross. They were willing. Same with 
I always like the story of uh, the story of Samson, where he killed a thousand men with a donkey jawbone. Now, because he was willing, he could have been like, "Oh God, I don't, I don't want to do that." But no, God gave. He was willing, so God anointed him with this extreme superpower, and he was able to take them all out. Now, again, this is the same. We we. If we want to, people are so scared. Oh, I could, I, I wouldn't want to go, you know, they see the evil and yes, they hate it, but I don't want to go against the government. They're, they're too strong. They're too powerful. That's BS. It's just an excuse to stay in your little comfortable bubble in your box. It is up to the church. We are the ones who are supposed to take back this government. We are the ones to stand up against tyranny because there is all these people needing heroes. There's these people out there that are too weak to do anything themselves the orphans the widows what exactly what jesus what what the lord god described okay so we can sit there and that's a comfortable thing to do turn on your tv go to work what a waste of life right no we are god's hands and feet and there's another scripture that talks about um training so i'll read one psalms eighteen thirty four. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. And today, we'd say, oh, we don't we don't have bone arrows. It's not like that. So, okay, we have guns. It's the same thing. He trains my hands for battle, and he strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. Or he strengthens my fingers to shoot that gun. <laughs> okay, Psalms 144.1. Praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. That right there, two. All right, there's there's many more about battle. And we are supposed to go to war for the weak. We are supposed to rescue the captives. We are supposed to bring them out of their slavery, not just pray about it and say, oh God, go rescue them. And then you know how many Christians pray about it, but then they go home to a, a nice steak and shrimp and lobster and this this amazing meal with you know uh, a cushy comfy bed and a tv and hot water immediately and a microwave three minute food like it's it's so disgusting the way we live in america i had to long ago i had to catch myself on this because i was guilty just as well but every day i have to live below my means. I have to tell myself and and be grateful for everything I have, but I also have to get out of my comfort zone. I cannot I cannot live like that anymore. Because I just feel too guilty when I do. We there's people out there that are starving. There's people out there that are dying daily while you're eating that shrimp, that lobster and that steak and you're having no care, no thought in the world. There is women and children who are being killed and who are being raped. And you're sitting there enjoying that with no thought of it. If evil, if this evil in the world doesn't make us angry enough to go do something, are you really a believer? I have to ask, I have to ask everyone that. If you're sitting there and you're having no care in the world, you're just living your life, you're not even thinking of this, these atrocities that are going on. You're not even thinking about these women and children that are brutally, brutally being killed and raped and no thought in the world of them. We should be extremely 
angry about this evil that is going on and it's angry enough that we're going to get up and we're going to do something about it. We are going to grab our swords, grab our guns and go straight into battle to help these people for the kingdom. We cannot be afraid to lose our lives. If we are true believers and we're doing this for, for God's kingdom, helping these little ones, helping these women, helping these people that are weak, that need help, that are waiting for someone to save them. We cannot be afraid to die. This life is nothing compared to eternal life. Now, I want to also, again, so it's our job to help others. I'm going to give you a few scriptures about how it is our job to help others. Okay, 1 Timothy 5.8, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. And again, in Luke, remember, so in Luke, Jesus, he was with his disciples and he told them this. He said, take your money and traveler's bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. So again, he says, take your money and a traveler's bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Why was Jesus saying that? Obviously, it was because it was that was right before he um, was captured. He knew he was going to be captured. Why would they have a sword? Well, it's, it's a multiple purpose tool, but one of them. Self-defense. We live in an insane world just like Jesus lived in an insane, an insanely violent world 2,000 years ago. We live in the same world, just futuristic. Okay? A sword, so like today, he would have said, take your gun. Self-defense. There's other scriptures in the Bible that talk about self-defense. And you, I suggest you... You go look all those up. There's a ton of scriptures about self-defense. I want to give you another scripture. Exodus 22, 21 through 24. You shall not wrong a sojourner or oppress him, for you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall not mistreat any widow or fatherless child. If you do mistreat them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry and my wrath will burn and I will kill you with the sword. And your wives shall become widows and your children fatherless. Now that is a scripture that these evil elites need to hear. These people in government need to hear this. The ones who are murdering the children. All the abort, the ones who are, who are committing the abortions. These evil people, that scripture is for you if you're listening. God is going to kill you. And he is going to use us, the church, to kill you. He says, I will surely hear their cry and my wrath will burn and I will kill you with the sword. What does that mean? We think, oh, the sword, what, what, that, that's physical. Why would God need a sword? What he's saying is he's going to use people to kill them. He's going to use his church to kill them. Okay. We need to get this through our, our, our heads, people. We as the church are supposed to be very strong. We are the ones that stand in the gap for the innocent, for the weak. It is us, the church. And only 
Once we start recognizing that, only then will things start to change. We cannot continue to pray for God to change America, to make make it good again, make it make it righteous again, purge it of the evil. Well, guess what? How is the evil going to be purged? Through us. Nothing is going to change in this country until the church recognizes that and starts to get involved, starts to get a little uncomfortable, starts to get their hands dirty, starts to be willing to make that next step towards change. Every believer on earth has a great power within them through God's Holy Spirit. Every believer on earth has a calling. And if they would only recognize that, and go and p- go all in. A lot of Christians are lukewarm. And what does he say about lukewarm Christians? I will spit you out of my mouth. He says, we cannot be one foot in on God's side and one foot in in the world. We have to be all in for the kingdom. We cannot be halfway and halfway. If you're halfway in the world, that's not going to cut it. And halfway in God's kingdom, you need to be all in for the kingdom of heaven. We need to live like there is no tomorrow. Like today is going to be our last day. And what would we do to change things? How could we change someone else's life for the better? What would we start to do differently? I guarantee if we thought like that every day, we wouldn't go to that steak and shrimp lobster dinner. We wouldn't go sit at home and watch TV for four hours. No, we would Go out there, help the orphans and the widows. We would train, we would train our hands for war, and we would get out there and do something. We would start to help the world. So one of my favorite scriptures uh, in the Bible is this. It's Psalms 149, 6-9. And it says, May the praise of God be in their mouths, and a double-edged sword in their hands to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his faithful people. Wow. That one. What? It's clear as day. God wants to use us to punish the wicked. Like I said, we are God's vengeance. We are God's wrath. He uses us to carry out his vengeance. He uses us to carry out his wrath. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, doesn't the Bible say, thou shalt not kill? Well, actually, most of the translations translate to thou shalt not murder. Murder and kill are two different things. Murder is I go to someone who is innocent and I kill them in cold blood. Totally different things. But if, say, someone comes into my house and they try to hurt my family and I kill them, that is self-defense. That is completely biblical. And again, you can go search all the scriptures about self-defense and you will find many. Okay, it's just, again, it's an excuse for the churches that don't preach on this or, or, or don't want to talk about it or they try to, you know, go around it when you mention it. It's an excuse for them to stay in their comfort and not to do anything. And they can go to church and lift their hands up and praise God, praise Jesus. But they don't do anything about it. After church, they go home and they're just living their comfortable life. 
not a care in the world about these widows, these orphans, about these people that are suffering. They have no care in the world for them. It's disgusting. We need to stand up for the weak people of the world. And as well as when we stand up, we help, say we help someone, right? Say you, say you do something, you start a, you start a nonprofit organization to help traffic, traffic children or women. Well, then what greater way to tell them about Jesus? You rescue these children, you help these women, and then you present them the word of God. How much more will they accept it? So you're not only doing two things, you're rescuing them physically, but now you're, you're planting seeds and possibly winning souls for the kingdom. You see, so everywhere we go, we're to share the gospel. Everywhere we go, we're trying to, we, we're supposed to, we are supposed to find opportunities to pray for people. Everywhere we go, we should always be looking out on how to help other people, whether it's someone's being beat up in the street, like a woman or whatever. We, we are supposed to look out for these situations and be vigilant all the time. Be armed. This is America. It is your second amendment right to keep and bear arms. And again, we the people are the militia. We the people are the militia. It is our job to protect our fellows in this country. It is our job to remove tyranny. Everywhere we go, we can always be on the lookout. How are we going to make someone else's life better? How can we help other people and get out of ourselves? Stop focusing on yourself so much. Get out of yourself. Get uncomfortable. Only then will your faith grow. You have to be uncomfortable. You have to be sifted like wheat. You have to be churned up a little bit. We have to get uncomfortable for our faith to grow. It is easy to have strong faith when you're comfortable. Or if you have, you know, you have $5,000 in the bank, you've got your car, your bills are paid, everything's good. Oh yeah, praise Jesus. So easy to have faith in good times. So easy to have faith when it's easy. True faith comes from true tribulations and trials. That is where true faith comes from. But when you're, when you're, we need to, as believers, be put in the midst, <clears throat> in the midst of the fire to be strengthened. That is where the true test will come. I know a lot of believers that are very, very well off. Of course, it's easy to be a believer at that point. I have to watch myself if I have, you know, little money in the bank, whatever. You know, those are the easy times and it's easy to give God thanks. But what I found is when life gets you down and beats you up, that is where your true faith will show. So folks, we are in very serious times. We see what's going on in America. This is not a judgment. I'm trying to encourage people, especially believers, to get up off the couch and do something because it is only, we can only count on the church to change the world. We have to do something. We have to go the extra mile because the world's not going to do it. And we can, we can pray till we're blue in the face, but God is waiting for you to make the next move so then he can move 
on your behalf. He is waiting to use you for the greater good. If we want to see a change in this country, we need to be that change, not count on someone else to be the change for us. God is raising an army. I truly believe this. But until we reach our full potential in the church, that army is going to be stagnant. But there is a lot of warriors out there. I know this. I know a lot of them. There's a lot of soldiers for the kingdom. And God is raising an army. And for all you men out there that are listening, train, train, train. Train in the art of war. There's nothing wrong with training in the art of war. It is beneficial because if you need to protect your family, you have the capabilities and the skill sets to do so. Learn survival skills. These things are necessary to being a man. It's not about how much money you make, how great of a job you have. Because if someone has, I I like this analogy, if someone, there's a rich man, right? And then there's a poor man. But the poor man is trained in combat. And the rich man has has no skills whatsoever. All he knows how to do is make money. Well, if they get into a conflict and the poor man, well, he kills the rich man, who's successful then? Not the rich man. That's the worldly success. People think, oh, well, the rich man would be successful, right? No, he's dead. What good is all his wealth? What good is his so-called success? At that moment in time that the poor, trained, and skilled man killed the rich man, well, that poor man... That is true success. He is successful He could because he killed his opponent. He's alive. And that's all that matters. Not his money. He's alive. So think on that. Ponder that. And when you go out there and you have a family to protect and you never know what's going to happen, that 10% of the time that something does happen or 5% of the time, we see now all these random shootings going on. And again, these shootings are staged. This is This government is staging these shootings. Well, they groom the they groom the you know individuals who do the shootings, and it's again it's a publicity stunt. It's gun control. This is what they want. Think to yourself: Am I would I be comfortable if 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 a mass shooting started happening? Would I be comfortable enough? Do you, would I survive this? Would I be able to save people's lives? Would I be willing to risk my own life to save other life others people's lives? Now, I would hope you would think like that because if your wife or your children were out. In an area and a shooting started happening, you would hope that someone would stand up and protect them, would you not? You would hope that there's someone there with the skill set because you always rely on the cops, but the cops can't always be there. They cannot always be there. And so you're relying, you're hoping that someone's out there that can do that. But that's how you need to think. If you're out there, well, you may have the ability to protect someone else's wife, someone else's children. That's why I say train. It is of utmost importance to train physically. Be prepared for the battlefield. There's so many different scenarios that could occur that you need to be prepared for. And it happens very quick. Trust me. From my experience, it happens very quick. I was I was stabbed in my chest four years ago and uh, my lung collapsed 
But if I didn't, if I did not have the skill sets that I did, because I've been training for 12 years, if I did not have the skill sets that I did, I would have been dead because the, the, the man was trying to stab me in my neck. And if I didn't have the skills that I have, I would have been dead. Train. You have to be calm in situations like that as well. You have to stay calm. You have to stay vigilant. You have to stay aware. Be the one out there. Be like, freaking, I always say, be like John Wick. Be a badass. Okay? There's not many men nowadays anymore. The men are all gone. It's a bunch of cheese puff sissies that are wanting men that are wanting to be women now. Or if they're not wanting to be a woman, they're so weak that you would think they're a woman. I'm not saying that in a bad way, uh, not at all. There are some tough chicks out there, but what I'm saying is they have lost their role as men. They are no longer men. They are cowards. There's so many cowards in the world. And the first thing, what, what, what really makes me mad is the first thing that... So say two people are start fighting on a street or someone, I mean, you see it all the time. Someone, someone is literally, you know, robbing someone at gunpoint or, or beating the living daylights out of an innocent person. And what is the first thing that people do? They go for their phones. They grab their phones and they start recording the scene and they do not bother to help. A lot of them don't even bother to call 911. They just start recording because they're going to get Insta famous. So they're going to be like, oh, this is going on TikTok. Oh yeah, this is awesome. And we have become so such a desensitized generation from all the violent TV shows, from all the violent video games, from all the violent music. Just pure desensitization. It is sickening. That is where we are. These these kids nowadays are, are so gone because they don't have the right parenting. No one's telling them about Jesus. The kids need to know about Jesus. They are the future. Remember, go to the orphans and the widows in their afflictions. That is one of the main things we should be focusing on. Because the widows, they, what does that mean? They, they don't have a man to protect them. The orphans, same thing. They don't have a father figure. They don't have a man to protect them. They don't have a father figure either. Someone who's going to pump life into them. Who's going to teach them these important skills, the skills of combat, hunting, gathering, fishing, all these different things. How to build shelter, how to take care of themselves. How to be a good person, morals. We are so lost in America. And I tell you, God is not happy with America America is the modern day Sodom and Gomorrah, and we know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. He destroyed it. He burned it to the ground. That is what's going to happen in America. God is about to shake the tree. In fact, he is already shaking the tree, but we have not seen anything yet. Remember, digital currency is on its way. Within a year to a year and a half, digital currency will be here. And that means all your money is going to be useless. It's going to be confiscated if it's in the bank. What are you going to do then? Do you have any skills that would allow you to survive past that without relying on the government? If you lost all your money today, what would you do? 
we're going to see a worldwide famine that is coming up. Times are going to get very, very hard in America. We're going to, the time, it's going to get so hard, it's going to be like a third world country that we know nothing about here in America because we have been so comfortable for so long and we have been so stagnant. But I guarantee this, the minute you start to be a little uncomfortable, that might be a good thing. Things might start to change in your life and your thinking because God has to shake the tree. And what's going to happen is God is going to use a fence to weed out the true Christians from the phony Christians. Remember, Jesus was the rock of offense. And many people got offended at his teachings and they left the other way. The Sadducees, Pharisees, they left the other way. Same today. God is going to shake the tree and we're going to see the true believers start to rise up and the phony believers, the ones who, who thought that they were true believers, they're going to start to fall away. And it's a very sad thing. We, we need to pray for their salvation. But it's it's facts. It's biblical. For lukewarm Christians, he will spit them out of his mouth. It was the it was the lukewarm Christians Jesus was talking about when he said when they get to heaven and they meet him face to face and he says, Depart from me. I never knew you. That is, he's not talking to the world right there. He is talking to believers, so called believers. So this is a scary thing. We are in we, we are about to be purged. The church as a whole is, is, is going through a sifting. We're going to see what people are really made of. Folks, let's stand up. Let's take back this country. Let's make it godly again. Now, I want to leave you with this. I want to leave a little word of encouragement and a scripture from John six thirty five. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of my Father who sent me, that of all he has given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. See, we do not need to fear. If we are true Believer, if we truly have faith, we will be willing to go the distance. We will be willing to lose our lives for the kingdom because we know that we have eternal life. This life is nothing compared to eternity with Jesus in heaven. That should drive us just knowing that we have eternal life that should drive us as believers to go the distance, to be all in and not to be afraid. Yes, we can feel fear, 
but we don't need to let that fear control us. We still need to go into a fearful situation with courage and strength, knowing that our Father is guarding us. We cannot be afraid. We cannot be afraid to stand against tyrants. We cannot be afraid to stand against Satan's army. God is waiting for us to rise up. He is waiting for us to make a move. To start to help the weak. To free them from their captivity. We cannot be afraid. Many times in the Bible, it says do not fear and it says do not worry. So we need not fear and we need not to worry. Because God Almighty is on our side. And He has given us more than enough strength to move forward. To do the things that He has called us to do. So remember, if you see someone struggling, go help that person. If you have the opportunity to. If God has blessed you with finances, use those finances wisely. Start an operation. Use your money to help people. Don't use it selfishly. Tithe at least 10% to the kingdom. If you have the opportunity, then do it. So let us, uh, I just want to end with a quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another day alive. I am so grateful, Father, for this life that you have given me. I have been so blessed in my life, God. I obviously have had ups and downs, but I am so blessed to be alive, to have my health and my family. Lord, I thank you so much, and I pray for wisdom and discernment for myself and my fellow believers out there, Lord. I pray that you give us more than enough strength to conquer the demons in this world. To stand up against our enemies, Father God, and to stand up against those who hate you. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much, Father, and we pray that you give us the courage to go to the battlefield and to defend the orphans and the widows in their affliction, Lord. And I pray for a hedge of protection around every single person listening to this podcast right now, Lord. That you protect them and their families, physically, spiritually, and mentally, God. Put a hedge of protection around them. And Lord, I just pray that believers around the world, God, that you stir their hearts up and renew their minds. And show them that you are just waiting for them, God, to, to make the move. Lord, and because we know that you, when, if we come and pray to you, you say you will heal our land, God. And I just pray for a spirit of prayer across the entire nation, Father. In fact, all the believers around the world. I pray for a spirit of prayer to be put inside of them. And we thank you, Jesus, for another day alive. Amen.